Welcome to The Coda, a music podcast and the perfect end note to your week. I'm Rob Christofferson, and with me, he's the cute without an E, he's the artist in the ambulance, it's Brian Hasty. Brian, how you doing, man? Rob, I'm good. Uh, I am very, very conflicted um, about, you know, a lot of things in life right now, but particularly about uh, the concept of today's episode. We are going back and forth on this, Brian. Like, we've entered the game now as quarantine has seemed to have brought out the brackets in a lot of people because March Madness, of course, did not happen. So what better time to bring out your emo brackets to figure out who the best emo fucking alternative punk rock bands existed in the world uh, between the 90s and now. And let me tell you, man, we, we've gone back and forth. You've tagged me in, in one on Instagram, and, uh, you know, the results shocked some people. I got some interesting messages from a few people. And, uh, you know, it, it was warranted. So, uh, th- really, this is all your yeah, fault. Yeah, so, but this is also your fault because we had gone through the Instagram version of that, and I felt like it wasn't good enough, right? So I... Uh, sat down with you and we created our own 32 band um, system of brackets grouped together by four bands each uh, by subject matter or sort of like some kind of like a relevance to all the bands involved. And I, God damn, I spent so much time on this. You spent an inordinate amount of time on this, Brian, and I appreciate the effort going into it, but I, this was a daunting task that took me 20 minutes, and I still regretted every <laughs> goddamn second So of a few it. criteria, right, when I was writing these in mind, I imagine what bands I would see on Warp Tour from 2000 to 2006-ish, let's say, like any of those points, um, and I realized that the, the larger bands all at one point had played um, the festival for either one date, a couple dates, or the entire tour, right? So uh, it's something to keep in mm-hmm. mind. We have bands both uh, small and large here. Uh, a lot of tears, proverbial and literal, will probably be shed according to this. And also, I do not believe that there are any side projects, right? So I think we're okay on the side project side of things. We can, you know, maybe go back and do a side project. Oh, Jesus, yeah, you know, I guess. Bracket at some point. If I feel like I'm up for that kind of... Um, <laughs> brutal punishment but i haven't reached there i can assure you now boxcar racer is not winning no boxcar racer no transplants right so those are the two no No. plus 44 either those are the three blink no plus 44 no no does anybody even remember plus 44 they had uh, you know the one album was fine like baby hold on was a good song like and throw up was okay uh i'm trying to think of the other ones yeah that's that's about it that's all i remember about that album yeah, that uh, I I didn't even remember those songs until you just mentioned them. So, uh g- good job on that. So, uh yeah, we we have our 32 band brackets. So, uh Brian, why don't you break down the categories for the listeners? Sure. So, we have uh, the first one is I do believe like the largest and most contentious one. Uh for some people it's uh, the big in the 90s bracket. And then we have the Christian or close to it bracket. The Canadians are here. Uh, there are screams bands, of course, where uh, the singers scream sometimes. Uh, goth aesthetic, kind of self-explanatory. Uh, quote, my girlfriend won't call me, end quote. Um, hooks for days, because, of course, uh, some people have this imaginary and also very uh, a real gift of being able to write uh, great hooks for songs. And also, at the end, hair gelled heroes. That's also an explanatory one. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And 
I gotta say, man, you broke this down perfectly. I am in love with this system. I feel partially like I'm on Jeopardy right now. <laughs> and what I wanted to do is create a sense of tension, right, uh, in terms of like being able to pick between band mm-hmm. A and band B. Because what I find with a lot of these different um, brackets that I've seen on the internet, it's a very easy ride all the way through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one is a little tougher. I did struggle on a few of these things, especially the uh, Canadian ones, uh, especially since I have uh, a passion for many of these bands, with the exception of uh, some 41 on that list, but that's okay. You know, you you live and you die uh, that way, I guess. I don't know. But, but, uh, yeah, uh, so let's let's start... uh, with our big in the 90s bands And here. also something to keep in mind is we'll be putting these brackets up on our socials so you can follow along if you wish. And also I'll be posting um, both Rob's results and my results as well. So that way you can kind of see where we're going through with this. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait for these the uh, arguments to uh, unleash oh, themselves on full display. Yeah. Uh, so our four bands in this category are Weezer, up against Blink-182, and we have Green Day up against The Offspring. So, wow. <laughs> the, these first two bands, they're, they're monumental for different reasons. Blink-182 are a staple in punk pop music, and they have been since the mid-'90s. And, you know, Weezer around, you know, slightly longer, a couple years longer, but just as celebrated. So, Brian, how did how did this matchup shake out for you? This was a, a very difficult one, I think. Uh, but I went with uh, quality versus quantity, so I picked uh, Blink-182. I think that Weezer's discography has just uh, too many duds in it uh, for me to, to look away and pick them as the selected um, band for this. Uh, I tried very hard, but as I was going through their Wikipedia discography, I was like, I don't care for the following albums. Yeah, and that is the main reason why I picked Blink-182 as well. The quality, uh, which uh, it should be noted that the quality has dipped off for Blink past, uh, I would say, Neighborhoods. Past that album, you're getting into like really lower-level territory. I I sort of uh, disagree. I think Neighborhoods was a low because, as I understand it, they weren't actually in the studio together writing songs. But um, California 2016 was actually decent. It had a couple of good songs on there. And then, yeah, of course, the new one, Nine, kind of shat the bed. So... (laughs) One out of three. Uh, it, it was just god awful, god awful. Um, so Green Day, Offspring, one. Uh, you know these are two big bands, one bigger than the other. Um, both sophomoric. Uh, I mean, uh, pretty much every band on here is sophomoric in the in the uh, content that they offer up. So, uh, how did this uh, match up? go for you rob i'm not gonna lie to you i picked the offspring let me explain why uh uh 21st century breakdown unos dos trey revolution radio and father of all motherfuckers can you name one song off any of those no that's a whole it's a whole decade of of shit like mediocre music that's fair that is that is absolutely fair and the offspring the offspring does take forever to release um uh, music so i think that like the good news is i think putting out no music versus bad music i think i'm gonna pick no music at this point 
Okay, that's fair. Uh, and we also have to dock points for that newest Green Day album. Jesus oh, fucking dude. Christ. Especially that marketing campaign. But I did choose Green Day on this. And it, it's kind of an interesting battle between quantity and quality, yes. which is a battle that Green Day is having with themselves. <laughs> so... I I ended up picking the quality Green Day over the quantity, which uh, you know is it, it dips off past two thousand three. But I, I still say that it's a more solid uh, output. Uh, I can't I, I can't honestly remember the last time I have to actually listened to the Offspring. I I think for me listening to the offspring actually makes me feel older that's fair and i don't like that's that. fair i uh, yeah. i actually last week listened to both smash and ixnay on the Break because i was reading a book about the 90s pop explosion um that mm-hmm. heavily featured them so i went back and I, I love those two records um so it was a lot of fun and yeah so they released an album in 2008 and then 2012 and nothing since except for i do believe a split with 311 because they did a summer tour a couple years ago so they covered 311's down I'm going to pull this list up um, so that I don't get this okay. wrong. So I'm going to vamp for a sec, but I do believe that, yeah, they did a split um, with the um, with 311 to sort of, like, cover their ground. It's it's very weird to see two, like, bigger, well-known bands do a split because normally that's something that you see, like, indie bands doing. And, yeah, and... so they, uh, they, they covered Down, and then um, uh, 311 covered Self-Esteem, I think. So it is something to listen to uh, if you have nothing else to listen to. Um, by all means, go for it. Uh, I'm going to put it on my list of stuff to listen to, and we'll probably forget about it. So that's, that's so. Fine. how do you want to do this? Do you want to move through the rounds, or do you want to do the, like, the intro rounds first and then have the harder discussions? Uh, let's go for these uh, intro okay, rounds, perfect. because, uh, you know, I, th- I think we need I think we need to walk before we can run, Brian. <laughs> Fair enough. So the next bracket is the Christian or close to it bracket, and the bands in there are Reliant K, versus Anne Berlin and Thrice versus Brand New. Brian. I know how this I know, how, was, I know how this was gonna go, Rob, so don't, don't it worry. was a no brainer. It's Anne Berlin. You get to tell me that uh, Reliant K is gonna be Anne Berlin? No way. No goddamn way. And the main reason for that is does anybody can anybody name a Reliant K song? Because I guarantee you like you're an Amberlyn basic bitch. You can name their their biggest hit song and yet, there is no song that I could think of by Reliant K. Actually, I could name one that was played on the buzz a lot, which was um, Chapstick and Chaplips and Things Like Chemistry. Do you... Do you... Uh, and, no, I don't okay. even remember them, right. well, there you go. Do not even remember them. Um, There's that one. There I was will... uh, Be My Escape, um, uh, uh, Who oh, I Am, yeah, Hates Who yeah, I've yeah. Been, and that's pretty much... And, like, High of 75 or Summer of 75, that's, that's about it. Yeah, like it was a little too cheery for yeah. me. Yeah, uh, so I, and I definitely went your way with that one, Rob. Yeah, um, I I argued for Anne Berlin to be included because, let's be honest, I could not pick between. We originally had Switchfoot in there. I couldn't pick between Reliant K and Switchfoot. I just couldn't do it. I, yeah, I but, think I would pick Switchfoot in that instance. Yeah, I think like, just but like but like barely, barely. Fuck, man, they dare me to move, and I mean. <laughs> I I gotta respect that. I gotta respect that game. I also have a soft spot for Anne Berlin. Uh, if Ryan Sprague is listening to this, uh, that is his favorite band. He has tattoos. You can ask really? him about them. But uh, yes, uh, I saw them in two two thousand eleven, and 
Uh, let me think who was opening for them. Foxy Shazam. Oof, okay. And uh, Circus Survive. And uh, Foxy Sh- Shazam sucked. Uh, Circus Survive is fucking amazing. Uh, Anthony Green, those vocals all day long. I, I love it. Uh, the most interesting thing about that concert is the lead singer of Foxy Shazam. He climbed into the rafters, took a handful of cigarettes, and ate mm. them. So, yeah, you know, it was an interesting concert experience. I do have to say, I love Anthony Green, and uh, one of the principal reasons why is because uh, Chino Moreno of the Deftones showed up on one of his albums from, like, uh, 10 years ago, I think, um, which is a great song. and also has lights on there, so uh, go check out. I, I have to look this up. I think it's called, yeah, it's called Beautiful Things. Yep. So uh, go yeah. listen to that Solid one. Solid album. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, our next matchup here, Thrice versus Brand New. I struggled with this one for a little Rob, bit. Rob, same. Very much the same. And then I had to remove myself consider uh, from the... Um, well, I had to remove one band from uh, this race because of the uh, controversy their lead singer has caused. So, I went with Thrice. I also went with Thrice, f- uh, not necessarily for that reason. I just, I think I've appreciated their career more from, yeah, from pretty much, uh, yeah, the Artists in the Ambulance onwards is is when I've actively been seeing them. I've probably seen them eight or nine times now, I think, and they always deliver. The newest albums, uh, the last two since they reformed, are amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Palms is definitely worth uh, the listen if anyone out there uh, wants to give that a shot. Um, so it's weird to see a late career resurgence um, like that. I really, really um, enjoy the bulk of their music. And yeah, also, unfortunately, uh, Jesse Lacey's personal life influences uh, my decision a little bit here, too. It's something that you have to take into consideration. And I mean, science fiction is an incredible album. It's one of those albums that you think a band like that wouldn't come back with, but turned out to be a really solid record. But yeah, for those reasons, uh, Thrice is moving on. The next bracket is the Canadians are here, and Rob, uh, you were discussing your uh, uh, difficulty in choosing um, um, some hard, tough options here. Yeah, so we have Sum 41 uh, squaring off against Simple Plan, and Billy Talent up against uh, Alex is on Fire. Um, yeah, just because I'm not a fan of Sum 41, I've never really been a fan of Sum 41. I went with Simple Plan on this one. I have... Uh, Simple Plan are a band that you can really sing along to, which I have always yes. liked, and uh, their their stuff is generally hooky, which I I really enjoy, and you know their output is mostly good, mostly decent. So for that reason, I chose Simple Plan. Do you know the song "I Don't Want to Go to Bed" featuring Nelly? Yes, that is phenomenal. Okay, I. Just- I want to double check because that is the great definition of a, a great like um, pop adjacent like pop on song, and it definitely has the hooks in there. Yeah, it, it really does. Rob, I went the other way. You went some forty one. Um, I definitely went some forty one from into deep all the way to pieces all the way to their newer output. Um, since Derek would be like uh, lived through a very harrowing journey um, in terms of like uh, being an alcoholic and then rehabbing himself, um, uh, I f- found more of their discography to be more of my taste. And also, I feel on a personal level, um, Simple Plan singer Pierre Bouvier, kind of a dick. Yeah, uh, I agree, kind of a dick. But uh, I think that's the nice like. Uh, so if you're if you're picturing a band as a dish. So, like, a a food uh, uh, item, because I've been cooking a lot recently, and um, <laughs> you want a well-balanced meal, and, like, 
if you got something a little bit bitter in there, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Fair enough. I um, no because Simple Plan is is from the Montreal area, right? So um, maybe 15 years ago, I went to go see Melissa Oftermar play, and uh, Pierre was outside the show smoking cigarettes as it ended, and I think he wanted to be noticed, yeah. and it was very awkward because my friend and I stood across the street for maybe 10 minutes and no one acknowledged him. That is unfortunate, but uh, those are you know the stakes. And those are the those are the way the cards are played, man. You know, no one to hold them, no one to fold them. God bless you, Kenny Rogers. Uh, <laughs> Rob, Billy Talent versus Alexis on Fire. Oh man, fuck! This one it was the toughest because I am a huge Billy Talent fan. I have uh, my my friend Justin introduced me to them, and they are a phenomenal band. Uh, their vocalist sounds like he's British, which is great. Uh, uh, I went with uh, Alex's on fire. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> it's like, fuck, man. You know, you can't go wrong with that fucking band. They bring it. Their songs are incredible. Uh, I love the ferocity with which they sing and with which they play. Fucking just just incredible. I also have a soft spot for City and Color. So Yeah. Uh, I also went to Lex on Fire. They're probably my OG love uh, in terms of like the the screamo genre. Um, I, I incidentally I had seen both uh, Billy Talent and Lex on Fire at like a 150 cap room in 2003 when they both were starting out. So it's weird to see their trajectories. Like seeing a video of like Billy Talent on Downloads main stage and seeing Alexis on Fire um, uh, play Ride Fest and things like that was like were like huge to me. Um, as an adult now, it's very confusing to my brain. I guess this like I've gotten to the point where I'm old enough where uh, reunions and things like that are starting to happen now so it's very mm-hmm. odd for me to like uh feel old like you were saying before when listening to the offspring yeah absolutely there are those bands that will uh do a great job of anchoring you in a certain age that you want to relive like nostalgia is huge it's a huge market for a lot of bands and for record labels and stuff like that especially if you can you know, plot the trends as they're happening. So, yeah, uh, I can definitely I mean, like the, feel it. The crazy thing, too, is I feel like Alexis on Fire has progressed more, right? Like, if you go to the self-titled album and you look at a song like 4 for Caliber Love Letter or uh, Water Wings, uh, with the weirdest uh, post-breakdown uh, or, or pre-breakdown uh, where... Uh, the singer just yells sweater and then it's a mm-hmm. breakdown to yep. old crows young cardinals uh, the northern which is like an amazing song mm-hmm. um but like uh, entirely different styles of music yeah uh, just an incredible band you know up and down just fucking amazing so uh our fourth category on this side of the bracket there are our screams uh we've got hawthorne heights going up against the used and rise against going up against Finch. So how did this play out for you, Brian? Rob, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Hawthorne Heights versus the used was a very, very, very difficult decision for me. Probably one of the hardest on here because I love both bands for very different reasons, but I feel like I've listened to more of the used's output over the last uh, 20 years. And I have Hawthorne Heights. Like they put out um, a couple of albums in the mid aughts that I really enjoyed. And then after that, I haven't really checked in with them versus the used where I've definitely listened to almost every release they've put out um, since the self-titled. Yeah. Their output has been solid. Hawthorne Heights, like they had Ohio is for lovers and it was just like, it kind of plateaued for me. I didn't really uh, look into their discography after that. So uh, yeah, the, the used, Definitely won it out for me as well. Just a solid output through and through. An amazing band. Just a fucking amazing band. 
Well, they have a new album coming out, I think, at the end of this month. And uh, one of the singles they had released um, has uh, Jason Butler of the, Fe- the Fever 333, um, as well as Let Live on there, called Blow Me. And it is like, it is a great song. Like, it's so crazy to think that, like, the used in 2020 is coming in with, like, such ferocity. It's it's kind of crazy to me. Yeah, it, it is. And uh, I am fucking here for it. Uh, next up is Rise Against versus Finch. Rob, how did that go for you? Um,. I'll be honest, I, I can't even remember the last time I listened to Finch. Rise Against was the easy choice for me just because I can, I've can i listened to everything that they've ever put out and it's been pretty damn solid for, uh, through and through. They kind of filled in this um, gap that Rage Against the Machine almost left. Yeah, they're not right. that hard, but they do fucking bring it, and I respect their output, and they're a band that I continually go back to, especially if I'm feeling disillusioned in the age that we live in. Rise Against is my go-to band for that. So you, you give it all? Oh, you're fucking right, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh similarly i'm with rise against though um finch is what it is to burn both the song and the album were good um and then they did this weird thing in 2005 where they i guess like went more alt medley and um say hello to sunshine is a good album but a very weird one in terms of like a progression from uh um what had come before um to that and then they also put out a an album in 2014 that was not any good at all so yeah uh the easy decision there was was rise against for me so uh here's here's my question then if if you were uh, subbed out, like say Finch for someone, a band like Under Oath. How do you think that matchup would play out? I'd probably still pick Rise Against. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Uh, just a fucking solid band. Love them to death. I mean, the thing is, yeah. Once again, like their discography to me, like, yeah. I uh, like um, Siren Song. I saw them on uh, touring on Siren Song. I saw them touring on Appeal of Reason, and uh, both times were great. I really, really enjoy their stage show as well as, um, yeah, as you were saying before, like the way in which they, they position themselves uh, in terms of their lyrics. Yeah, and, and fucking Appeal to Reason is one of the most incredible albums that I have ever listened to. It's hooky as hell. It's uh, political all the way. And it's an album that was struggling with and fighting against everything that was going on at the time, which, you know, is still the same stuff that we're fighting over today. And it's <laughs> fucking kind of depressing, but if you want to get angry about it, uh, Peel to Reason is a perfect place totally. to go. I definitely agree with all that. I mean, the um, Siren Song all the way up to Appeal to Reason, I think, are classics, like Stone Cold classics after that, like good slash great, um, not necessarily of the same level, but still very, very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, we're going to the other side here. Going to to the other side, Brian. And uh, we're going to the goth aesthetics here. (laughs) And let me tell you, uh, you, man, if you're nostalgic for eyeliner, we, we, we hit you pretty hard. So we've got My Chemical Romance going up against Alkaline Trio and AFI going up against Good Charlotte. So... First matchup, Brian. Uh, no contest, My Chemical Romance. Okay. Um, I, I've, I've heard and listened to a couple of Alkaline Trio albums. They've never um, uh, resonated with me, unfortunately, for whatever reason. Um, so, yeah, My Chemical Romance was the easy pick there for me. Right, and I, and I have friends who have been fans of Alkaline Trio, and there are some uh, songs that I enjoy, but I've never really gotten into a full album. My Chemical Romance is really 
no-brainer. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but uh, according to my brother-in-law, when uh, My Chemical Romance would come to California uh, because he was associated with, uh, I think it was like Eyeball Records or something like that. He, yeah, uh, that, that was, that's where they signed you for, for the first album, yeah. Yeah, he would, uh, he would put the band up in his, uh, in his house that he, well that he shared. Yeah, he, he did say that Gerard Way was a dick, but, you know, <laughs> that is what it is. <laughs> oh, fuck. So, yeah, this was an easy one for me, too. Yeah. Uh, I had to go that way. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, so... AFI versus Good Charlotte. I think this is a pretty one-sided. Uh, for, at least it was for me. How did it shake out for you? I had to go with AFI. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like. I enjoy a lot of Good Charlotte singles. Yep. Um, there's not necessarily like a full album. Um, I mean, Lifestyles is probably the closest that I enjoyed out of um, all of them um, fully. But I feel yeah, like they put an album two years ago that I did not listen to yet. Uh, versus AFI, every time there's a release, I'll be on there like loving Davy Havoc's vocals. Davey Havoc is fucking incredible. That band is amazing, and they've been amazing for. I mean, they, they yeah, they definitely took a step up with uh, Sing the Sorrow, like from yep. going from like a punk band to sort of like orchestras, and there's electronica, and there's all these elements in there that was kind of crazy to listen to. Um, seeing them go from like uh, uh, more uh, traditional California punk to to this next level, which we've never um, uh, moved back into. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it was a no brainer for me. I went with AFI as well. Wow. Okay, so some of these are easy, some of these are hard. Yes. Yeah. Rob, next section is called My Girlfriend Won't Call Me, and uh, we have Dashboard Conventional up against Jimmy Eat World, and then Newfound Glory against Something Corporate. So, uh, this was an easy one for me, and I think I imagine you went the same way with, that I did uh, for this first matchup, because both of us can't stand Dashboard Confessional. It's Jimmy Eat World, no fucking questions about it. No, yeah. I, Listen, they, they, they were out here in the year of our Lord 2019 putting out an amazing album, right? So, <laughs> like, I, it's hard for me yeah. to say that they're not consistent in terms of output, like... Listen, like Surviving was a great album. Um, uh, invented, uh, I mean, not even getting into the classics of the '90s and the early 2000s. Like to me, this is a solid band three and three. And I was supposed to actually see them uh, next week, and I'm very disappointed. Right? Yeah, I would be too. F- fuck, man. From uh, I listened to fucking Clarity this morning, and it's still a fucking amazing record. Bleed American, man. Like I think what's great about that album is like you see this band trans starting to transform they have this like really fucking amazing wide appeal and like my fucking dad loved that fucking album he would listen to bleed american all the time so uh you know any album that can uh make my dad a fan uh is is good with me so jimmy eat world no fucking questions about it I mean, that album has sweetness as well as one of my favorite songs, Get It Faster, which is yep. just such a weird kind of like a end of the album sort of like a vibe to it that I just it for some reason it spoke to me. I mean, yeah, like to sit down, and listen to all of it, of course, is a great move. But yeah, uh, such a, a wide breath. And then going into futures, like so many classics there. And also one of the things that I don't really get to talk about here, um, they have an EP from 2005 called um, Stay On My Side Tonight. And there's a seven and a half or eight minute song called Disintegration. Honestly, Everyone should just stop and go listen to that and get super depressed. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, this Jimmy Eat World are such a versatile fucking band. They've been able to adapt to many different styles. They've been able to fucking bring it every single time. What they do is generally good. And they're still making good music. It's a no-brainer. I mean, also being able to cover both Last Christmas as well as the Prodigy's Firestarter. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, all-around versatile winner there. 
definitely. So uh, in the matchup of Newfound Glory versus something corporate, I think this is kind of one-sided a, a little bit too, but uh, Brian, how did this go for you? I definitely picked Newfound Glory. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no-brainer. <laughs> I mean, I what I love about... Something corporate. I think I honestly ended up loving Jack's Mannequin a little more than I yeah, like something corporate. Yeah. Like Jack's Mannequin was like it was witty, it was fun, like pop rock music that you know kind of veered alternative, and then it was great. Something corporate just didn't do it for me. No, I agree with that. Uh, to me, uh, Newfound Glory is a band that I've seen countless times. I'm scared to go look at my setlist.fm count on how many times I've seen them because they've been part of package tours, they've been part of warp tour, they've been part of like headlining tours. Um, but they're definitely a band that I've I've listened to a lot over the last two decades. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Their their fucking covers are great. They're they're fucking phenomenal. Their output is just pretty fucking great i kind of dipped off you know after a certain period of time but uh they're still fucking great records to go back and listen to uh nothing gold can stay man what what can you what can't you say about that record it's a fucking classic to me like if you're gonna go whiny go all the way whiny if i want to listen to whiny jordan pundit for me is like the choice of a whiny like if i have to describe a stereotypical whiny like uh you know i'm so sad my girlfriend won't call me kind of a voice that's his yeah yeah definitely just fucking great great band all around so uh our next bracket is hooks for days we've got the starting line going up against yellow card and taking back sunday up against the all-american rejects uh brian fucking a dude like I can't. I, I can't tell you how much I hate Yellow Card. I can't tell oh, you. Really? How, okay. Because yeah. I, I I picked Yellow Card because I love me um, some energetic pop punk with some fiddle inside of it. I I I have not been a fan. Not wow. been a fan. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I went with the starting line on this one. Uh, did Did Ocean Avenue just piss you off that much? Yeah, it really did. <laughs> I mean, okay. I think I think it's because like the fiddle on those songs feels really gimmicky, I, and, and and that's the thing is like. Uh, they felt like a band who was trying to separate themselves with the fiddle and it didn't yes. really do it for me. So, okay. So I hate to give into your argument at all, but I saw them open for Eve six, um, uh, right when oceans Avenue had come out and, uh, the fiddle player was doing backflips the entire set. And I feel like I've kind of given you ammo. Yeah. You, you've definitely given me ammo. Like it's see, it's gimmicks, man. It's gimmicks. <laughs> like that's great. Yeah, the songs are there. The songs are there. Uh, I'm not saying that the songs aren't there. I'm just saying that, uh, wasn't my brand of, uh, fair enough. Hooky pop punk. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a, you weren't casting a vote for a band. You were casting a vote against a band. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, oh, okay. I'll be honest. Like, uh, starting line, <sighs> Like, their first two albums are pretty great. Uh, Their third album, like, before they broke up, fuck, man. I I love the fuck out of Islands, so... I was going to say, like, Islands to me is probably, like, that and Best of Me were probably, like, the two um, um, kind of, like, pillars of of listening uh, to a starting line best of. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, Islands is probably my favorite... I'm not even going to say it's a punk punk pop song because it's really not. It's a pop rock song. It's 
probably yes. my favorite pop pop rock song of the 2000s if i'm being I honest i would i would honestly agree with you that it it isn't a pop punk song because of the the melody lines and things in there and the the keyboard being there like i do feel like it transcends that and i do agree with you yeah it, and if you listen to it live they try to like beef it up a little make it a little harder with the with the guitar but it's like no it doesn't sound good at that point but uh uh we we just differ on this one brian and that's fine that's fine maybe i will go back and listen to yellow card and find a newfound appreciation for them (laughs) you probably won't though anything's possible these days so uh taking back sunday versus the all-american rejects how did this shake out for you i picked taking back sunday yeah that same Alamaker oh, Rejects has a couple of really great singles, but to me, like if I have to sit down and listen to an album, it's gonna be Taking Back Sunday. Like even the last couple have been pretty good. Yeah, like I I love the hell out of Move Along. That's that was a song that was kind of pivotal for me at the time. Uh, my dad liked All American Rejects too, but uh, Taking Back Sunday just I loved how anthemic their songs were, and I loved. Uh, you know, some some of the fucking content, like a lot of bands around this time, is problematic. Like, um, like some of the shit on Make Damn Sure is like, yeah, it's cringy. Yeah, it's it's yeah. cringy. But uh, by and large, their fucking content is uh, pretty solid. So there is because I'm obviously like uh, I'm about to bust out a hipster opinion. It's very weird of me to do so. But uh, so speaking of louder now, um, the song Error Operator, there's an earlier slash demo version of that on the Fantastic Four soundtrack, like the 2005 one. Right. Uh, right. Which I feel is the superior version to what's on this album, unfortunately. So uh, shots fired, I guess, in a niche kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Um, but to me, like, that is a quintessential, like, uh, uh, Taking Back Sunday song. And I feel like even the newer stuff, like, they put out an album about 10 years ago with a single called El Paso that's, like, super good. Like, doesn't it shouldn't be this good um, um, that far deep into their career, but yet they are. Yeah. No, they're still a pretty solid band. And uh, they're a band that I'll fucking dust off the classics for. Brian, our, our oh, last God. bracket on this side. We, we've got the hair-gelled heroes here. And... Uh, We've got Fallout Boy up against the Ataris and Bayside versus Unwritten Law. Rob, I have to show you something before I forget here. Okay. Um, so in this matchup of Fallout Boy versus the Ataris, go ahead and click on that link. Okay. And then head head down to the past member section. Okay. Uh, holy fuck. Rob, this is a football team. <laughs> this is a football team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god this is a band that's not good no i i so i i've seen these hers twice i saw them at warped Tour one year and then i saw them in 2012 um in a hundred cap room with a friend of mine he's like it's 10 bucks do you want to go see chris Rowe and whoever he's managed to wrangle and i was like yeah. sure that's fine and it, it wasn't good it wasn't good at all no it doesn't seem good he was even the fucking bass guitarist for the time first. Yes. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, yeah, this list is something else, man. Let me tell you what. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't pick them. So we both we both picked Fall Out Boy, obviously, right? <laughs> I mean, Fall Out Boy is the easy choice here. Uh, I, For me, it they're a fucking charming band, by and large. I can't stand yeah. Pete Wentz. I think he's a piece of shit, but, you know, that is what it is. Yeah. Um, but from the beginning all the way up to like their last couple albums they're charming as hell and then i really i've i've always loved their output 
so yeah solid output all the way through pretty much right like there's not an album i can point to that said you know like that is a disastrous one no i mean all of their albums are really they're well produced the songwriting there is like real thought put into it and uh just fucking solid band all around i think you're gonna be mad with me rob why bayside versus unwritten law i went with unwritten law no you know that that is what it is man that is what it is uh let me explain to you elva here's to the morning um music in high places three great albums from a band that i enjoy a lot i can't say the same unfortunately for bayside and uh anthony ranoni i've seen you acoustic on warp tour how many years now it's fine i enjoy your music but for me um it's not a band that I, i click with uh, the the reason that I click with Bayside so much is that I always found uh, Anthony Ranieri's vocals like more relatable than any other band that I'd really heard at the time. They're also from uh, New York. They're down. They're from Queens. So like fucking, they're a they're a band that uh, for me like listening to the Walking Wounded, listening to their first few albums all the way up until the stuff now i i've always kind of loved i the only knock i will give give them is that a lot of their music has kind of sounded the same a little bit uh over the years but i love their hooks love their vocals i went with bayside on this one i i honestly can't even remember if i've ever listened to unwritten law i don't even know i don't even know at this point (sighs) that's fine that's fine okay all right (laughs) so we've cleared the dust on the first round so now we move into round two which in theory should be both easier as well as harder yeah yeah um there's there's uh there's gonna be some upsets here on my end um on uh the first matchup i have blink 182 versus the offspring and i chose blink 182 uh for me i have blink 182 versus green day i went blink 182 uh let's just say that when it comes down to what i hate the most I hate Blink 182's uh, ladder output less than I do Green Days. <laughs> that is fair, and I think that's a, a fair assertion. That's kind of where I was going initially with um, being unable to name any of uh, uh, great songs from the last like a decade of theirs, right? So, so we then had uh, on my end, it's Amberlin versus Thrice. Yep, same on mine. This is where we diverge because I picked Thrice. No, I picked Thrice, Thrice as well. Did you really? Yeah, I did pick Thrice. I think that because like i think Anne berlin those last few albums were really phoning it in and they're they were trying to change styles and it really wasn't working whereas thrice i've never really been completely disappointed in an album that they've ever put out i can't think of one off the top of my head where i just said well this sucks but like Anne berlin kind of for me, they peaked in like 2012, and in yeah, uh, like 2011, and that's kind of where I left it. And yeah, I'm right I'd agree with that, with that uh, right which with is that. why I picked Thrice because uh, they're way more consistent. Yeah, they are way more consistent than Anne Berlin. Uh, I do really enjoy Stephen Christian's vocals, but it is not enough to push them uh, further on. Next up, uh, in the Canadian bracket, I had uh, Sum 41 versus Lex on Fire. You had Simple Plan versus Lex on Fire. Rob, how did you do? Uh, 
this is a no-brainer. <laughs> like so far, moves on. Same. I yep. Same had to go that way. Uh, it was really difficult for me uh, initially to go Billy Talent, Alexis and Fire, but after that, um, it became very easy to sort of like clear the deck. Yeah, uh, definitely. Like those uh, first two bands were always going to be weak up against uh, the amazing songwriting that uh, comes out of all uh, Alex's on Fire. So, uh, fucking a, gotta love it. The used versus rise against on my end. Uh, the same, and uh, we we may diverge on this one. I went with Rise Against on this. Yeah, I went with the used. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed uh, Rise Against's last album, uh, Wolves, uh, a fair amount, but to me, the used are way more consistent. And and that's totally fair. That's totally fair. I think it's comes down to the fact that uh, I have probably devoted a lot more time to the, the Rise Against than I have to the used. Yeah, uh, beyond uh, their output in the um, mid to late 2000s and, and beyond. Uh, yeah, Rise Against is probably just always going to be that uh, that band for me. See, I, I can totally respect that that opinion because it was very hard for me to pick between those two, too. Mm. I think that was one of the, 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 the choices that did give me a longer pause, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, if Desdemona is listening, I'm sure she'll love you for it because I know that The Used is one of her favorite bands. Well, so. she that's that's how she ended up picking. Uh, I think that was the the band that she ended up picking as her like her victor in yeah. the, in one of the the original Instagram posts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I she was one of the people that sent me a message on Instagram when she saw it in my bracket playout. <laughs> <laughs> she gave me one of those uh, shocked. Uh, looked emoji faces, so uh, you know that that was completely fair. So uh, on the other side here, Brian, we have uh, My Chemical Romance going up against AFI, and man, how did this one? This wasn't easy. Yeah. It wasn't easy for me. Yeah, uh, but I went My Chem Romance. Yeah, I, I did the same. It just like I returned to those albums, their output probably more than a lot more than AFI. And their output, uh, like, fucking My Chemical Romance could write a fucking song. They worked with great producers. They had a great fucking sound on record. And fuck, they're just, they're they're amazing. Um, even if Gerard weighs an asshole, whatever. I don't know. That's kind of unfounded at this point. I don't know if I trust my brother-in-law. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's it's a, it's a fucking... They're they're a fucking solid band, and um, we'll we'll see how this uh, reunion tour shakes up. Uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think it'll be postponed for a bit. Yeah, um, so I guess we'll have to wait a little bit longer to see how that goes. Yeah, uh, and to bands out there that are already starting to talk about rescheduling stuff, stop. Just fucking yeah. stop. Don't, yeah. don't even think about it right now. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Jimmy rolled on my end versus Newfound Glory. I. Uh, based on if anyone wants to rewind about 50 minutes ago, I think everyone is going to know how this one goes, but I picked Jimmy World. Yeah, same. Uh, f- there, I have, I have this like soft spot for Jimmy World, and I just love their fucking songs. I love their albums. I, it's, it's amazing how different they sound, and yet there's still Jimmy Eat World every time you listen to an album of theirs. Uh, for newfound glory it's just they're also one of those bands that like remind me of how old i am when i listen to them <laughs> but you were knocking the offspring for that before though 
yeah, you're absolutely right. I I think it just came down to the fact that uh, um, I, I I didn't go to the Offspring for that. Fair enough. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Roll to me, I think, uh, is going to rise high in the ranks uh, of this contest. Next up, I had Yellow Card versus Taking Back Sunday. Rob, you'll be super happy to know I picked Taking Back Sunday. Uh, yeah, I uh, st- I had the starting line versus Taking Back Sunday, and I also went with Taking Back Sunday. And then to no one's surprise in the last bracket, it was Fall Out Boy versus Unwritten Law. Hmm, I wonder how that one went. Uh, FOB all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's not how it played out for me, Brian. I uh this is an upset. I went with Bayside just because Holy shit. Yeah, okay. Just be- we got ourselves a game. Yeah, we we do just because of how much of any of, of most of the bands on here. If I could think of the top 5 bands that I've listened to probably the most going through um all of these uh, brackets thrice listened to a fuck ton of times alex is on fire uh, jimmy Eat world uh my chemical romance and bayside i have listened to bayside fuck man i i pretty much made a run at their discography uh this past weekend uh so oh god fucking uh I, it just comes down to they're from they're from fucking New York, dude. I I don't know what else, yeah. to, yeah, know yeah, how else yeah. to put it, but uh, I uh, yeah I I just love the fuck out of that band, and I have a lot of respect for that acoustic cover of "They Look Like Strong Hands." Like that to me is the pinnacle of of Bayside. I don't think they'll ever be able to outdo that song. Um, just fucking amazing. So uh, we move on to round two. On my end, I have Blink-182 versus Thrice. Same here. And uh, I picked Thrice. Uh, I went with Thrice on this one. Uh, I just feel like they're more consistent. Um, I feel like I had more um, uh, of an attachment to them. I remember when Visu came out in 2005, I was singing in uh, a friend's backyard the first time I listened to it. And I remember us just sitting there very quietly in the fall of 2005. And we played that album like three or four times all the way through. Yeah, it's... F- fuck man so many memories yeah um, versus like blink 22 which is like a, a band that's on the radio i don't have uh, necessarily as large of an emotional attachment to them as i do here yeah right like uh it it kind of it, did you ever listen to their uh that self-titled album before they went on their hiatus and like it almost felt like a goodbye yes it's- i absolutely would agree that if they had decided not to come back after that i would be perfectly fine with that I would probably I would probably have put Blink up at that point if they had just ended their output yeah. there. Um, but yeah. Well, similarly, you had mentioned um, Islands by Starting Line as, as like a quintessential like um, a pop rock song. Similarly, um, the song Always off of their self title I feel is very very uh, highly regarded in terms of how I feel about it. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And like uh, a, a case where a song can be as big as the band playing it just uh yeah uh yeah if we're talking about their output to 2003 then uh yeah i'd probably they'd probably end up winning this thing for me but uh yeah just- that's the, and that's the thing too is like there's so many bands on here whose discography is either at the beginning or at the end have dropped off significantly enough for me to to pick the other band in the bracket yeah and you have to go with uh quality over quantity because to be honest you know anybody can any fucking person can put out a band any band uh, can put up wow i totally fucked that up 
and and my dog caught caught me on it. Any any band can fucking put together an album, but like it takes a special band that can put out good albums consistently. I agree with that. Um so next bracket I have Lexus on Fire versus the used. You have Lexus on Fire versus Rise Against. Yes. I went with Alexis on Fire. Same with me. Um, to me, looking at the discography, there isn't a bum note in there. And uh, it was very hard to um, compare that versus the used whose albums I enjoy, but don't necessarily go back to. Once again, I have such an emotional resonance with this band. Um, I'm kind of like coming through my formative years with them at the kind of same time um, as they were and them releasing music um, in like different periods of my life. Uh, I do feel very attached to this band, so it was uh, a little bit easier than picking Thrice versus Blink-182, but once again, I went with the emotional angle. Yeah, they almost make up for the fact that you guys produce Justin Bieber. Like, they're, it's pretty damn yeah. close. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'll live with it. Uh, though, uh, Boyfriend uh, still slaps. You, you've got a point. You definitely <laughs> have a point there. I, I agree with you. Uh, Rob, My Camera Romance versus Jimmy World. How did that go for you? Because I feel like this might have been one of the more difficult ones for you. It was. I, uh, fuck. Jimmy Eat World. I went Jimmy Eat World just because. So did I. Yeah. So did I. Yeah, and it's just, I think it comes down to output for me and how My Chemical Romance have put out, what, like four albums? Mm-hmm. Versus Jimmy Eat World, who are fucking, like, over ten albums deep into their career, and there really isn't too much of a sour note on there so yeah jimmy Eat world just yeah, fucking I, took it for me i tend to listen to them more um than than my chemical romance on a regular basis and i keep discovering like songs that i really really enjoy by them um that i may have listened to on, on an album and pass by but then like there's always like those gold nuggets that i keep finding in their albums yeah yeah and like they can write fucking long songs they can write short songs doesn't it, it they're such a versatile band that you can't help but respect that kind of output. Next up, I have Taking Back Sunday versus Fall Out Boy. You have Taking Back Sunday versus Bayside. Rob, how did it go for you? I went with Bayside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, like you gave a passionate um, sort of response last round as to why you picked Bayside, and I feel like it still stands for you. I, I think one of the things that I respect so much about that band is they're still fucking going. They're still fucking yeah. going in an age where bands like them died horrible deaths very quickly because the sales weren't there, the touring dries up, and your band goes into hiatus. Your band ultimately breaks up. Like There are so many bands from that era that I respect for staying together. Uh, Murdered by Death, I don't know how they fucking keep going, but they do, and... Their vinyl game is strong, and I respect that. But, uh, yeah, Bayside, I mean, they put out an album last year, and it's still pretty fucking good. So, yeah, Bayside took it for me. Yeah, all apologies to Taking Back Sunday, but I went the Fall Out Boy route. And just in terms of consistency, once again, like Taking Back Sunday, the last couple albums I enjoyed, not things I go back to versus Fall Out Boy, which is um, uh, something that I will put on on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. And even that fucking song they did with John Mayer was pretty decent, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. So. We got semifinals here, Rob. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's round three, Brian. It's round fucking three. So, on one side, uh, it's it's Thrice versus Alex is on fire. And uh, how did that shake out for you, Brian? 
I went with uh, Alexis Sunfire. Yep. Uh, once again, just to me, a band of, of greater resonance. Um, continually versus Thrice, which I was saying before, I had dropped off on the last album before um, the reunion. So I feel to me, consistency-wise, Alexis Sunfire has never gone away in my heart. Yeah, same with me. Uh, that's how I picked on that one. Just, I, fuck, man. I, I remember, I think it was before the, the first uh City and Color record, just going back, listening to their first few records, and just fucking amazing. Bangers, left and right, and just a fucking amazing band, so... I if you cannot uh, put on uh, watch out and then uh, the first track accents and then not get some kind of like energy flowing through you, I I very much wonder uh, what kind of human being you are. You are dead inside. There's no way around it. <laughs> exactly. Uh. So Rob. Yeah. Jimmy World. Follow Boy on my end. Jimmy World. Bayside on your end. How did this end for you? Because I feel like this is a very difficult one for you. It was a difficult one for me. I I struggled. My. Love for one band versus the technical prowess of another one. A solid output and uh, the solid output one. So it's uh, Jimmy Eat World for me. Same for me. And I, I Jimmy World versus Fall Out Boy. To me, I've spent more of my life listening to Jimmy World than Fall Out Boy and uh, enjoying it more. So I went with, uh, with, with Jimmy World on this one. Uh, which leads us to uh, the finals, Rob. On my end, I have Alexis on Fire versus Jimmy World. Same on mine. So, uh, I picked Alexis on Fire as the, the victor. I think, once again, emotional resonance, output, uh, discography, never having a bum release um, at all. I just, I feel consistency is there. It's a band that I listen to. I wish I had a life counter for how many times I've listened to an Alexis on Fire song because it would probably astound me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can understand that. I went the opposite. I went Jimmy Eat World, which uh, probably wouldn't surprise a lot of people that saw the original bracket that uh, I uh, chose for on Instagram. Uh, Jimmy Eat World went out in that. Jimmy Eat World went out in this one for me. Uh, Just uh, there are a select few bands that when I need something to listen to or I, I need to pick an album to uh, satiate whatever need I have at the time. It's um, Young the Giant, Jimmy Eat World, uh, Paramore, and there's a smattering of others, but uh, those are the ones that I really think of. They're the ones that I go back to. Um, and, yeah, it was kind of a no-brainer mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, similarly to me, it's Alexis on Fire, Early Weezer, Thrice. Um, used to be brand new, but not anymore. Um, yeah, to me, there are certain albums, once again, like you were saying, like I go to when I need to fill a need inside of me. Um, and Alexis on Fire has uh, four studio albums, uh, a bunch of singles that they put out since they reunited a couple of years ago that I really enjoyed too. But I just feel like in terms of like breadth of, of discography as well as emotional resonance, as well as the the number of times I've seen them live that have been great. It was very hard for me to choose between these two, but Alexis on Fire just inched that out. Just eh, a little bit. Little had, fucking... to kill, had to kill had to kill some babies here. You you know? d- listen, I, I did the same. Uh, we both did. Uh, there were some uh, fucking big bands that uh, went down in this, but, you know, that's how the bracket shakes out sometimes. There are upsets. They happen. If you're upset about it, the, co- the Codacast at gmail.com. Email <laughs> us. Tell us that our picks are 
terrible. I don't. We, I don't we will care. read them out loud. We will we'll read, read them these out. Pieces of correspondence. Yeah, we will read them out loud, and we will put you down for sending them to us. <laughs> yeah, that is a that is a dual service we're offering here at the Coda Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we will not back down. We are passionate about our brackets, and uh, yeah, this was uh, this was fun to do. It was fun to narrow down. Uh, fucking 32 bands into one uh, i didn't think i could do it. it but you know um fucking a we got it done brian we got it fucking done yeah i definitely agree that we uh soldiered through this was one of the more difficult um activities i had to do since uh we've started this podcast uh but i'm glad that we did it yeah i think we have uh grown as men we've grown as podcasters we have done nothing but grow here and uh i can respect that <laughs> which is funny though because we've grown by sort of like receding back into our more formative years listen sometimes you gotta hit that nostalgia button kind of like uh you know uh those rats that keep hitting the pleasure button man that's that's <laughs> what this is that's where we are right now <laughs> uh fair enough but yeah i do feel like this was an excellent experiment to undertake with you yeah absolutely um Furthermore, if you would like to get into contact with us, uh, we are the Coda Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Brian, there's one thing I, I have to ask you. What is with the return to Facebook? I don't get that. <sighs> okay, so I think I, uh, I I explained this on my my other podcast, Double Density. But basically what had happened is I entered a situation where I was, I was on Messenger for a while. And I have um, some group texts of former coworkers and I. And... Every single day, I would email a link to myself to then open up on my phone to send to them. And I was doing this multiple times a day. Uh-huh. So I only log into Facebook when I see that there are conversations going on. I don't um, uh, browse too much um, as I used to do. Thankfully, I put a stop to that. Uh, that's fair. And and I respect that uh, game right there. I definitely respect that. If you think that we're coming, if you think the Coda podcast is coming to Facebook, think again. It's not yeah, happening. Exactly. We're... We- we're in podcast form here, guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, because to me, that's the thing is that I um, I also belong to a couple of community groups on there that I felt like more than ever important right now for me to go take a look at. Um, so I uh, also sign up uh, for that, too. But yeah, but largely because I was tired of, of emailing links to myself on a daily <laughs> basis. So. In, a, in an age where technology has streamlined everything, Brian Hasty out here doing it the hard way. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back on Facebook, whether or not I want to be. So until this thing resolves itself in a, you know, in some kind of more conclusive manner, I'll be uh, on there for the foreseeable future. Uh, I've also found that certain people uh, who I've been spoken to in like a decade now are like randomly messaging me, which is just it's great. Fine. It, that's what happens, uh, you know, during a pandemic. People just start messaging people out of the blue. Yes. <laughs> so go ahead and message us, I guess, about our picks, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You could go ahead and do that. You can get into Twitter beasts with us. That's perfectly fine. It'll most likely be me responding to that unless you call out Brian specifically, and then he'll get out there <laughs> and he'll put you down for your choices. Your well, life. The cho- thing is, Rob, you're so quick on the trigger finger that I don't even see Coda notifications. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, and then I, I like I go every day to just go take a look because of the fact that you're so on the ball with them. I am like lightning fast man that's uh that's my game that's what i do uh and uh folks in the meantime don't forget to keep the cans on and don't forget to keep listening to great people like joe diffie fountains of wayne and john prine amen rob amen